Hello, and welcome to Calming the Chaos with Tracy Canella, licensed mental health counselor at Lokahi Counseling. This podcast provides tips, tools, and techniques to help people who are overwhelmed, stressed out, anxious, depressed, angry, or struggling with an addiction, eating disorder, or relationship problems. Through my personal stories, experiences, and training, my intention is to offer you new ways of coping with mental chaos and moving toward a calmer, more peaceful life. As you listen to this podcast, just know that although I am a licensed mental health counselor, this podcast is not a substitute for counseling or psychotherapy. And so if you're really struggling with something and you don't have a counselor, I strongly recommend that you find a licensed mental health counselor in your area to help you. You can do this by calling your local crisis line or by going to www.psychologytoday.com and doing a search for counselors in your area. That being said, now let the chaos begin. This episode of Calming the Chaos is called Oceans of Emotions, and we'll be talking about the different types of emotions you can experience during times of chaos. There are a lot of emotions, literally oceans of emotions, and you don't need to be in chaos to experience emotions. In fact, You can have emotions in a variety of different situations in your life. So this episode can be useful for people who want to know more about emotions that show up in any situation, not just in chaos. We'll start by looking at the five members of what I like to call the main family of emotions that can show up in times of chaos. As we talk about the five main emotional family members, I'll also introduce you to some of their relatives. And I'll tell you about the different types of situations that can cause these emotions and what purposes these emotions serve. Yes, emotions seem to be pesky and they do hurt, but they do serve a purpose. And then I'll tell you a story about a specific situation where I've experienced oceans of emotions and what I did to handle the emotions that came up. I'll also share what I think I learned from the experience and give you some tips and tools that I think you can use to handle a similar situation that could come up in your life. So what are emotions anyway? Here's the big five family of emotions. The first being the granddaddy of all emotions, which is fear. A wise person once told me that fear can be linked to every emotion that you have. And so this is why I put fear first. Fear is related to worry, anxiety, stress, panic, and even terror. Fear shows up when you think you're in danger. And so as is true with chaos, fear can be real fear, like an emergency situation where your physical body and emotional self is in danger of being hurt. Or it could be a perceived fear. And that is when your mind thinks that you are in physical and emotional danger when you really aren't. Or it is unclear whether you are in physical danger or not. 
Regardless of whether fear is real or perceived, here's its purpose. Fear warns you of impending danger. Fear helps you to survive and to remain alive. There are so many fears that can happen. They can range from being chased by somebody or pursued by somebody intending to harm you or a loved one or specific fears of snakes or spiders. They can also include fear to your emotional and mental well-being, like somebody wants to hurt you emotionally. And fears of rejection are very common. There are so many fears. That's why we call this the granddaddy of all emotions. And from fear comes other emotions. The second emotion I want to talk about is anger. Anger is an emotion that affects most all of us. Its relatives are irritation, annoyance, and frustration. Anger shows up when you think something is in the way of an important goal, or when someone or something is harming, humiliating, or shaming you or someone you care about. Anger can also show up during times where you think you're getting something you don't want or when you think you aren't getting something that you do want. Now, anger does have a purpose. It's to get things done. And some people will choose to attack or defend and use anger in that way to get what they want. Or it can show up as an action that needs to be taken to get what you want. Anger is the fuel that drives you to the action that needs to be taken to get something done. Some people choose violent ways to get things done while others get more creative. Another emotion in the Big Five family is sadness, and its relatives are depression, disappointment, and defeat. Sadness shows up when you have loss, when you have something you want but you don't to have, or you have something that you had and you've lost. Sadness shows up when things in your life are just not what you want or expect them to be. The purpose of sadness? To get your life's priorities aligned so that changes can be made in your life, so that you have more of what you want to have and less of what you don't want to have. Sadness can be useful for so many things. It can help you to form new beginnings. It can help you to get creative and figure out where your life is needed, where your life needs to be, setting new priorities, making changes, and figuring out exactly where you feel your life needs to be. The fourth emotion in our family of emotions is guilt. And I want to say that guilt and shame are the last two emotions that we will talk about in the family of emotions. And the reason that I combine these two is because Guilt and shame can be easily confused. Guilt, or its near relative, regret, shows up when you think you are doing something wrong. 
like hurting people or damaging property or breaking the law. The purpose of guilt is so that you can recognize wrongdoing, wrong behavior, behavior that hurts, behavior that abuses, and shines a light on how you might be able to make repairs to the people or things that have been damaged. Now, shame is related to embarrassment and humiliation. And it shows up when you think you are something wrong. Now, other people can think you are something wrong. And you can think you are something wrong. But who you are is who you are. And so shame is one of those emotions that shows up often unnecessarily. An example of how shame can show up is when I invite somebody to my home and the floors are not swept, everything is messy, the toilets haven't been scrubbed, and I feel shame because I think that by having a dirty home, I am something wrong. Emotions happen, and these are the big five emotions that can happen in times of chaos. But you need to understand that your own perceptions of what is going on really matter the most. All of these emotions can happen in times of chaos. And what can really help you is just to know and recognize when these emotions are showing up and then ask yourself whether these emotions are actually true or whether they are perceived by you. Bottom line, all of these emotions can show up because of all of your perceptions about yourself and your world. And now, I'm going to tell you a story from my life where I had oceans of emotions. In fact, the time I'm thinking of is when I was actually flying over the ocean in an airplane from Mexico back to my home in Seattle, Washington. The trip that I had in Mexico was just lovely, but the ride back was so full of pain, I can barely even speak about it now. So just bear with me, okay? First off, we got to the airport in Mexico, excited to get back home to our home and our cats, but our flight was delayed. In fact, the people in Mexico were awesome because they told us, hey, I don't think you're going to be able to get your connecting flight, so let's just put you on a later flight. So we stayed in the Mexican airport for longer than we wanted to. When we finally got on the flight, my back was aching. In fact, I'd had a back injury before we'd even gone to Mexico. There was a question about whether I'd even go to the trip in the first place, but I did. My back was aching and I was in physical pain. I just wanted to lie down and I didn't want to just sit at an airport. But we got on the plane. The plane ride wasn't bad at all. But when we landed in LA, the customs just took forever. And I kept thinking, there are minutes between when we have to catch our new flight back to Seattle. My husband was an optimist. He continued to encourage me on. But once we got through customs, we had to run through the LAX airport. And if you've ever had to do this, I pity you because it is so long. 
and it is so noisy. It just seemed to be miles and miles and miles of distance between customs and to our gate, where we had to catch our next flight. And there were people following us. Now, my husband and I, we could run pretty fast. There were some people that weren't hurrying along as fast as we were, but we were running. We wanted to get that connecting flight to Seattle, and we were panicked because we were really fearful that we would miss out on our flight. We made it to the terminal, and we wanted to check our bags. But then we found that our plane had closed its doors, and as a result, we would have to spend the night in L.A. and take an earlier flight to Seattle the next day. I was crushed. I was nearly crying. I was hungry, and I was tired, and my back hurt. And as we stood at the counter and they were saying, so sorry, can't help you, have to spend the night here, I took comfort in the fact that they said we would have a free hotel at the Hilton and a free meal ticket. They gave us our papers and we went on our way. We caught a cab by a miracle and we went to the Hilton. And when we checked in, they said, you have no meal. I just freaked out. Really? I'm hungry. And the airline didn't even put a meal voucher on this? What the heck? We sorted everything out and my husband and I went up to our hotel room and we figured out a plan. We would go downstairs, we would get a meal, we would come back up as soon as possible because our flight was very early in the next morning. We would do whatever we could to get back to Seattle. I was hungry, I was in pain, and I was discouraged. We did have a meal, and we did get back to the hotel room. We only got three hours of sleep because our flight was scheduled very early. We got to the airport, and I thought, oh my goodness, I need coffee. Coffee will help me to be more alert and alive and energetic. Now, coffee and I are not great friends. So when I took the coffee, I knew that it did have the possibility of giving me anxiety. But I thought, you're so tired, it's not even going to matter. So I took my cup of coffee, and I drank it. We boarded the plane, and we were fine. I actually watched a movie, and I was doing great. Until we passed the Shasta and Siskiyou Mountains, and there was a lot of turbulence. The thing is, I don't like turbulence on a plane. Turbulence is my enemy. Turbulence makes me think that I am going to crash. And so my thoughts were, oh my gosh. I'm going to die. I will never make it back to Seattle. I will crash in the freezing cold of the Shastas and the Siskiyous. And I will die without being able to go home and see my beautiful home and my beautiful cats. And then all of my oceans of emotions crashed down upon me. And I started to cry. I sobbed, I cried, I moaned, I wailed, until the guy next to me asked to change seats with my husband, 
who was across the aisle and not even sitting with me. I wailed like a baby. I wasn't able to stop. My husband tried to comfort me, and I tried to calm down, but I was shaking, and my heart was beating, and I was sweating. I told him I refused to be embarrassed. I remember telling this to my clients all the time. Let out your emotions. Admit when you are feeling bad. But it was embarrassing to be in the middle of an airplane just bawling like a baby about some turbulence when everybody else was just acting as if nothing was wrong. So here's what happened. We did make it home, but it was hours before I stopped shaking and crying. My thoughts during this time were really not helpful. My thoughts were, we're going to crash. I'll never make it home. I'll never see my cats again. I will never get to do the things I want to do with my life. My clients will be without a counselor. I will be doomed. My feelings of panic, fear, sadness, and despair were there in the midst of my chaos. And my behaviors were crying uncontrollably, sobbing, screaming at times on the plane. Looking back, what could I have done differently? Or another thing I could have done besides do what I did? I could have been more aware. Using mindfulness techniques is crucial in situations of chaos is crucial in situations where you have extreme emotions. I could have been more aware. I could have also viewed the situation from a different perspective, such as if this was a TV show, could it have been a bad comedy I was watching? Could I have just pretended to look in the window of the airplane and see what was going on and sort of laughed at it? Another thing I could have done differently is been more awake. Just be more awake about my situation. Stepping back and using skills like breathing and looking at and describing my environment. Using specific skills to calm down. One of the specific skills I could have used is self-soothe with the five senses, that is sight, sound, smell, taste, and touch. If I would have used these skills to calm down, my flight would have been a lot more pleasant. I could have used breathing and all of the self-soothing to help me through this situation. I could have been more alive In my mind, I could have thought more optimistically about the situation. Instead of telling myself I was going to crash and die and never make it home and never see my cats again, I could have told myself another story, just like I tell my clients. Tell yourself something you would have told your best friend. Support yourself. Validate your emotions. Be your own best friend. I could have been more alight. And I could have connected with a higher power or a spiritual force that could have helped me through this situation. I could have thought that 
even though I feel this way, what truly matters is that nobody has died. I am still alive. It's not over till it's over. I have a higher power that's protecting me. And I could have used the practice of mindfulness just to visualize an alternative reality that could have helped me. Help me to calm down, help me to self-soothe, help me to visualize each second as it passed. And with the thought that I'm still alive, be calmed. The skill and tool of the day that I would like to present to you is validating your emotions. Saying, my emotions make sense in light of what's going on in my reality. Now, my emotions, all of them, made sense. And I think all of my emotions were present in the ones that I described earlier. Fear. Of course, I was afraid I was going to die. Anger. I was upset that I was on the plane. I was upset at the people who had put me on this flight because I was supposed to be on a flight last night that wasn't supposed to be this bad. Sadness at the thought of losing my cats and not ever being able to see my home or cats again. Guilt. Maybe I felt like I'd done something wrong, like I'd gotten on the wrong flight, or maybe even taken the trip in the first place. Shame. Who I am crying on a plane. The big five emotions were definitely with me during this flight. I did use some skills and tools during this flight. I did breathe and I clung to my husband. That was self-soothe using touch. I used some positive thinking, like we'll make it. We've got to make it. We have to do this. It's not going to be that bad. It is going to be okay. So all of that stuff got me through this really bad situation, these oceans of emotions. And so now I just want to convey to you how important it is to recognize when chaos happens and to step back and use skills. Mindfulness is especially helpful with this because without awareness that things are happening in the first place, you can't actually enlist skills to help you. Be aware of when you are feeling these feelings of anger or fear or sadness, guilt, shame. Be awake. Do the things that you need to do to get through the situation. Step back and use skills to calm down. Be more alive and take action in your mind. Think more optimistically. And be more alight and optimistic. Aware, awake, alive, and alight. These are beautiful ways in which you can handle yourself positively in times where chaos presents itself in your life. Thank you for listening to Calming the Chaos. If the information in today's podcast was helpful, please consider subscribing and share it with your friends. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and on YouTube. On Apple Podcasts and on YouTube, you can subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. 
which would really be helpful to me because I value your support and your feedback. If you have any trouble finding the podcast, just go to my website at www.lokahicounseling.com. That is L-O-K-A-H-I-C-O-U-N-S-E-L-I-N-G.com. And go to the podcast tab and click on the link to the podcast, Calming the Chaos. Also, on my website, there's a link to a CD I created called On This Day. This CD teaches you nine processes you can use throughout the day to quiet your mind. And all of them are less than 10 minutes long. So check it out. Finally, you can visit my open Facebook group called Calming the Chaos for the latest updates on my podcast and for more resources and insights. I look forward to sharing my next podcast episode with you. In the meantime, take care.